OTB Rugby. Queenie is going at a million miles an hour. And bearing in mind, I didn't pass the ball that often. He was expecting the pass. He got the pass and scores. And in scoring, dislocates his shoulder. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM. The Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball. All right, this Sunday, the All-Ireland Senior Hurling Championship final. We've done all the build-up from Kilkenny and it's time to turn our attention to the All-Ireland holders and the, the four-in-a-row chasers. Delighted to be in Murrow, in Cardi Limerick, with none other than Joe Quaid. Joe, how are things? Good. All good this morning, Shane. Flying it. Uh, so I was, I was driving through Kilkenny this morning, the you know, flags everywhere, but then you come into Limerick and uh, there really are plenty of flags in Limerick. You'd think, you'd think they'd be sick of the success by now, but sure, I don't think you can ever get sick of winning, can you? No, and to be fair, one thing we have in, in Limerick is we have good long memories. Um, it's not that long ago we were trying to break a 45-year uh, uh, barren spell, so um, it's the one thing we won't ever take it for granted um, because we know the barren spells weren't too far away and may not be too far away again, so if we get an All-Ireland coming up the boat on the Shannon, we'll take it. It's funny because I was chatting to Fan Larkin uh, yesterday in Kilkenny and, and he actually said that about Limerick. He said even though there was all that, that I guess, massive gap in between Limerick winning in 73 and, and, and the recent uh, era, he said they always knew that they were unbelievable hurlers in Limerick and brilliant teams. And I guess people outside Limerick couldn't understand how they couldn't get over the line and, and win a final. But that was probably always the case. It was almost like the Mayo of, of Hurling for some years in that they kept getting to finals but just couldn't get over the line, Limerick. Yeah, I think, to be fair, ourselves and Mayo were, were very, very similar. Um, I, we were the forever optimists. Every year for since I was born, you get up and championship was about to start. You always felt you had a chance because I suppose of the quality of the hurlers, but maybe the the few missing pieces of the puzzle um, Maroney brought together there back in... 17 when John Kiley and them took over um, like we had a three in a row going back in the early 90s uh, of under 21s nothing really came from that but this team John managed an All-Ireland 21s um, I think most of that team now have made the breakthrough and, and have All-Ireland medals so look we did get a special bunch of lads coming through together but I think even I spoke to John Kiley before and he often said he may not even have the best 15 holders in Limerick, <laughs> not to mind the country, but at the same time he has the 15 best going out in the field that are willing to die for each other every day. And um, Individuals and individual skills don't really, make a, don't really make a team. A team is made up of a huge amount of uh, moving parts and mm. to be fair, I suppose it's no coincidence that we probably be going for five in a row now only uh, for that defeat to Kilkenny um, but it's probably no coincidence that that was the year that Callan uh, um, Cullen wasn't involved with us either so mm. I think she has to take a huge amount of credit The the, the build-ups even to final say 94-96 like what's that like in the build-up to, to an All-Ireland like I guess it was probably longer back then you probably had three weeks to soak it up and obviously there's the shortened build-up and hype this time around but say 94 your first All-Ireland like what's that like are you are you invested in it as a player are you aware of how massive everything is around you or is it just kind of a blur when you're involved um, I suppose you see back then you play a Munster final the first weekend in July you play an All-Ireland semi-final a month later and you play the All-Ireland a month later so from the time you get out of Munster um, you've nearly a two-month lead-in um, I suppose the fact then that 
uh, we were starved for so long getting into the we hadn't been in all Ireland since I think 81 um, in 94 so there was a huge groundswell of support like you're out and about then you're meeting people um, you have a lot more time to meet more people mm. um, so I suppose the fact that it's it's only a two week lead into a final and the fact that players these days are so sheltered um, like it's a, I, from your game I presume it's very hard you get kind of an odd interview here and there whereas back in our day you were it was for free arraign who spoke we weren't I suppose media trained so you'd get more little nuggets out of it uh, that the papers could pick up on and the media could pick up on and of course you have social media now um, which wasn't back then and um, we barely had even mobile phones I'd say back then so it was a case of uh, if you went out or went missing uh, you weren't found till you came home no smartphones in the pubs as well to, to spot the lads out and about was was there a story about yourselves Was I, I can't remember if it was before 94 or 96 I think it was before 94 we just had to borrow a, borrow a car maybe well, that of was someone the, yeah that was the day of the morning in 94 all Ireland um, missed the bus we were staying somewhere out in Wicklow um, took a five hour journey to get from Dublin airport to Wicklow after flying up and we'd have been better off probably walking from Limerick and uh, yeah we borrowed a car off of uh, I think it was a receptionist or a waiter or something in the hotel and we drove down to where Lenore was filmed no sat nav um, no Google Maps and uh, parked I remember parked the pub uh, the car outside TZ's pub in Linrow and uh, into Mass because we said if we missed Mass um, the manager would have ate us and back into the car and up the road again probably don't even know what it text Def- we definitely weren't insured um, but I do remember it was a, a red starlet <laughs> yeah. so uh, yeah probably not the greatest the build ups for an All Ireland final but uh, those were different times it, but that that final, I guess, is the, is a perfect example of uh, obviously yourselves. It's probably tough to talk about when you're on the wrong side of it, but it's a perfect example of an all Ireland final when you can't you can't switch off. I remember hearing a story from you. It could have been in your Lake Regate episode where you talked about you know you, you had someone behind your goals who was going to take the hurls away from you for you, you know, late on if the game was over. But I think you were five points ahead with f- five minutes left, yeah. and and but you you had a feeling maybe that that awfully weren't dead and buried it just yet. Yeah, there was just something that day. I remember he came over and he said, I'll take your hollies. And I just said to him, this isn't over yet. Um, I, I should have probably given them to him. <laughs> <laughs> Not manifested. Yeah. yeah. Um, but look, we were we were comfortable. We were cruising. And then it, what happened just happened so quickly. Um, but I, I had a point with uh, Gerard Hegarty's father, George, there a few, about six or eight weeks ago. And we, we were laughing that... Uh, I said, these days, I said, a quick puck out from McQuaid to Hegarty and a lot of his heroes. I said, we did it 30 odd years ago, I said, and we were two villains. I said, so I said, rather than being villains, Jory, I said, we can put ourselves down as market leaders. It just took 30 years to catch on. That uh, I remember being at that Limerick Cork semi final in 18 when Nicky, your cousin, of course, makes that unbelievable save towards the end and the final, of course, we, we know what happened then. Did, did that moment at the full-time whistle in 2018 banish any of the the pain or hurt that you had from, from 94 and 96? Obviously, you're not directly involved, but when your county does that, does it does it at least ease some of the the bad memories? Oh, it did, because for the for the simple reason that, I suppose, when Nicky brought that off, like if Robbie O'Flynn had put that ball over the bar, we were done. Mm. 
No, obviously, if it's a goal, we were definitely done. But the other side of it, I suppose, was when the last eight minutes of the final in 18, I will safely say were the worst eight minutes of my life. And you have to remember, I was there for the last in the pitch for the last five minutes of 94. It was actually worse. Um, I thought the whistle would never go. If that last ball that Joe Canning hit in went into the back of the net, I think we probably should have had, would have had to cancel Holland and Limerick forever. <laughs> Do you know what? Things were just that bad. Um, but the very minute the final whistle went, the emotion that just poured out of everybody. And I think what banished to me, and it for me it banished it, was Declan Hannon's speech mm. when he said, I think the way he put it was, for all of the players and people that have gone before to get him to this point, this is for us. And I think that just absolutely banished all the bad memories. No, people like you still bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, Joe, yeah. But uh, I suppose there's, there's, what did I say, there's nothing worse than being talked about than not being talked about. So <laughs> we're, like, we're like Mrs Doyle in the media, we love the misery. Uh, I think there's a bit of that maybe, possibly. We'll bring up some of the happy memories. <laughs> we don't always focus on the on the negative, but I, I see your point. It's a tough one to. I figure, I suppose, enough time has passed that maybe you can talk about it. But uh, it's one of those. At least eighteen, and, and what's happened since eighteen has maybe banished some of it. That like a lot of that team. I was even looking back last night at the that All Ireland Under Sixteen title that you won in, in twenty twelve. Not just one, but beat Galway. I think it was three twenty to eight points yeah. in the final. And you had Tom Morrissey, you had Sean Finn, you had Cian Lynch. Um, at under sixteen level, did you were you confident? So this is six years before these lads go on and win All Ireland at senior. Were you confident that these lads would be the crux of a team that might, I guess, break that duck and win in All Ireland? Two years previous, we went down the night before to the Forestal, mm. and we stayed the night before, and we came up against huge opposition from the board and things about bringing them down the night before. They wouldn't sleep, and costs and everything. And to be fair. Um, the parents uh, subsidised the stay and I was asked why are you doing that I said we're giving them a taste of what inter-county holding should be you know you're travelling away you're travelling together as a team and I remember that night about 10 o'clock we sent the lads up to their rooms and I told the lads look if any of you can't sleep just give a ring we'll hit for a walk so I think about half 11 that night on Costello um rang and said, Joe, we can't sleep. Come on, I says, we go for a walk. So we went for a walk with maybe 10 or 12 of them and we took off down, walked down by Waterford Crystal and back up again. We were no sooner inside the door and I think Keen Lynch rang and he said, Joe, we can't sleep. I said, Christ, could you not have all come together back out for a walk again with that bunch of them? But I remember we were walking down the road that night and... The, even with the two bunches, the crack that the lads were having, pitch dark. If anyone saw us, they'd say, these guys are off their head. <laughs> and I remember myself and Dan Flynn, Ray Ryan, uh, Pat O'Dwyer um, was with us, Declan Murphy, Georgie, all the backroom team for the A's and the B's. We all went for the walk. And I remember Ray Ryan pointing over at the gang. He said, these guys will win in all Ireland. That was at 14. They were just... No, we got beaten in the Forestal, mm. got lambasted. Oh, why did you go down? And that, but we knew there was something special building in these. And I think out of the, both the A and the B panel, because that year, um, 
Sean Finn and Aaron, we put them back in the Bs because they were, they were making the A panel, mm. but they weren't making the A team. So we explained to them, go back onto the Bs, get your holding. You'll be the mainstays of the Bs. They understood that. And uh, when it came to two years later, Sean was back up playing. And um, I think still was possibly on the Bs at 16s. He was a, even a late developer, but we always knew there was something in him. Mm. Um, now, the other side of it is at 14s, we played Tom Morris in goals. In 15s, we played Barry Nash in goals. And in 16s, we played Colin Ryan, who had previously was on the panel in 18 in goals. Um, so there are three lads that have learned, I suppose, not to be nervous because uh, to get rid of anybody's nerves, you should play them in goals for a season and uh, playing out the field, you shouldn't be nervous after that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think nine of the both A and the B panel ended up in 18 winning all Ireland medals, which is phenomenal out of one panel of players. That's some record. That's unbelievable. Like when you look at them, like the experience that they probably got from from all of that as well. That's funny. The goalkeeping thing you mentioned because even I was chatting to Owen Larkin yesterday in Langtons in Kilkenny, and, and he was saying when he was on the fourteens, he was thrown in the goals. And I think Jackie Terrell's father was his, was his manager. And he remembers one game we caught a ball, dropped it into his own goal, and he said to him, "I never want to play goals again." And I think they said to him, "We can't promise you a position outfield," but he was happy to fight for it. Yeah. And it was maybe that experience in goals that gave him the. I guess the the, the focus to, to go on and play outfield, but maybe that is there is something in that that playing in goals can help you. Oh, it does. And look, as a goalkeeper, um, I suppose I'm, I'm slow to say this, but I think your best holder um, needs to play in goals mm. because out the field you've people talk about your first touch. A goalie doesn't need a first touch. Because mm. he only has one. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like if you're out the field, you're practicing on your first touch. It eludes that if you miss it, you have a second one. Where in goals, you don't. You have one touch. That's it. Like you look at Nicky. Um, Nicky played wing back with Limerick Twenty Ones. Mm. Uh, he played midfield with the seniors. I think during the year of the strike, <laughs> um, he's still playing centre back with his club and probably still one of the best centre backs. Um, there when they were talking about Declan Hannan on these Facebook forums someone actually mentioned bringing him out and playing him like Davy did with Billy Nolan yeah. um, playing him centre back um, Owen Murphy played centre back with his club Brenda Cummins played out the field do you know so there's there's a nice crossover and I suppose the game has changed so much now you need a hauler in goals because mm. you need a fella that's used to delivering ball Um there's, they're the new quarterbacks of of hurling. In my day, you got the ball, you drove it as far as you could, um, in the hope that it wouldn't come back that quickly. Yeah. Um, nowadays, it's you have a mixture of sharp puck outs, you have a mixture of long. But if they're going long, they're going long with a purpose. Mm. Um, it's not a case of lob it down for a fifty-fifty. Um, so the game, the goalkeeping game, has changed so much, and I've I've often even thought to myself. Okay, would I have caught it there? Because I suppose my forte was shot stopping. Mm. But I suppose you adapt. Um, it's like comparing Christy Ring with Mick Mackey, with Henry Shefflin, with Angelan. You can't. It's different eras, yeah. you know. And and the game has changed so much, and it's just got so much quicker. But uh, but yeah, I would I would advise any prospective really good holder going goals for a season. Mm. That's good advice. Like as you say, like your forte certainly was 
shot stopping so you're probably the perfect man to ask this question too that that um that Owen Murphy save for Kilkenny against Clare in that semi-final where does that where does that rank and again it's probably tough to rank saves because they're all brilliant and Nicky's in 2018 comes to mind as well but it was up there I mean what a, what a save Oh, without a doubt. The only thing I was disappointed was with him that uh, he didn't get his hand to it. Because <laughs> <laughs> a fella yeah. said it to me, he said, uh, it was actually a Kilkenny man said it to me. He said, uh, oh, great old save. He said, but you're great. He said, you stop one with your hand. <laughs> he said in 96. You built differently back then. I, I, I yeah. said, uh, yeah, that's because I said I hadn't the reflexes to get the hole at it. I just <laughs> stuck my hands up. But it was unbelievable. And it wasn't even the fact that he got the hole at it. Because if you watch it in slow motion... He, he was able to adjust. It was in close to his body. He got the hurley up, but it was the, the turn of the wrist mm. that, no, he, unless he's an absolute genius, there's no way he could have meant it to go off the crossbar. Yeah. But he was definitely twisting his wrist to adjust the, the angle of the hurley so that it would go over the bar. Mm. And to be able to do that. But look, at, at the same time, and I know from being there, Probably some of the best saves I brought off. You don't have time to think. It's natural reflexes. It's just your body and years of standing in front of balls that it just becomes natural. Like when Peter Douglas struck that, Owen Murphy didn't think, okay, no, I'll turn the hurley this way. I'll dive. I'll try and tip it over the bar. Um, Mm. You don't have time. So it was just absolute natural instinct. And he is, he's like, he's... I suppose you've you've two kind of really contrasting goalies at the moment that are both at the top of their game. And to be fair, you'll find it very hard to pick out which is best. Mm. Owen Murphy probably is a better shot stopper than Nicky, marginally. Yeah. Um, but Nicky is definitely marginally a better distributor of the ball. Mm. He doesn't get turned over as much as Owen Murphy does, and he's probably more accurate with his sharp coats. So. If, if you're putting the whole lot into the pot, I don't think anybody from either county, if they had to swap goalies, would be too dishappy. Mm. Do you know, they'd be, they'd be delighted with both and and they're going to have a huge bearing on the game on Sunday. So they, we, we should touch on that on the, on the game because it's, uh, it's, it's tough to call and I think a lot of the Kenny people I spoke to... Uh, Found it very, very tough to call this one. Maybe more so even than last year. But um, what's so different about this Limerick team? Because even Martin Fogarty, who I spoke to yesterday, was saying, you know, it's the skill level. It's it's not necessarily this idea that the Limerick fellas are are more physical. They are big lads. Um, but is it just that their skill level over the last couple of years, the small things they've done, marginally better than everyone else? Or what's been the difference? To be honest, about Limerick's game plans. <laughs> And I heard Martin's thing. Mm. Holding hasn't changed. Yeah. The pitch is still the same size. You still have a slitter, as Martin said. Okay, it's a bit lighter, it goes farther, it goes quicker. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you have to catch the ball, you have to strike the ball. Mm-hmm. You have to put a bit either into the net or over the bat. What Limerick are doing at the moment is they're doing the basics of the game quicker and better mm. than everyone else. Um, our team's catching up, most definitely. There was, even a couple of years ago, I think it was a Waterford in the semi-final. Um, I was just, there was just one passage of play. I think they gave a short puck out to a wing back maybe and he put his hand up to catch it. It hit his hand. No, it, 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 he didn't drop it. It just bounced out of his hand. So he had to go second time. A, a second time. But it was milliseconds now. Mm. And bang, he was swallowed up. Ball turned over. Limerick got a score out of it. Mm. Whereas... You watch Limerick doing it. Ball goes to hand. They're generally even facing 
the way they're playing yeah. when they get it most of the time. If not, they're getting it, there's somebody coming mm. facing the way they're playing. They're rarely hitting ball over their shoulder. Um, and I think that's one of the strengths that they have when they're pressing opposition. If you have your opposition hitting the ball out over their shoulder blindly, then you're on the way to winning. Mm. Plus, they're willing to take shots from anywhere. They're hitting 50 shots a game. Um, I think at the start of the year, that was one of probably the problems. We weren't, our conversion rate wasn't good enough. Yes. Um, against Galway, the last day, the first 20 minutes, um, it wasn't good enough. Were, and they said themselves their work rate wasn't good enough. But what was brilliant about it was they sorted it out themselves. And it, it seemed like a case of, right, let's, here's the ball, give it to Galway. You have 20, 25 minutes now. To do your best, see what you're doing against us. Um, you better be enough up because when we eventually figure out what you're at, we're going to come out and we're going to give it to you. <laughs> and that's the way it, that's the way it looks in in some of the games. That it's a bloody dangerous tactic, and I'd much prefer if they didn't do it mm. because it's not great for the heart when you're watching it. No. But these guys don't seem to panic. They'll go right. We'll eventually figure it out. Yeah, and then we'll we'll give it back to you. Well, I think if your if your heart can survive that last eight, seven or eight minutes of twenty eighteen, you'll survive anything yeah, possibly. <laughs> Finally, Joe, uh, predictions. How do you how do you think it's going to go? Because I know John Kiley will have his his head full of all the conundrums and the matchups this week. Um, but at the end of the day, when when that ball is is thrown in, it's just going to be the, the thirty lads on the pitch and then the subs coming off the bench. How do you see it playing out? <sighs> do you know what? I think it'll be quite similar to last year. Mm. So I do. I the one thing I'm looking forward to is a game of open holding. It'll be tough. It'll be hard. Um, there, there could be a few holidays broken in it, um, which will delight some of the Kilkenny crowd as well. Fan Larkin, fan Larkin, Larkin yeah, you were saying that fan likes broken holidays. <laughs> he was a huge fan of him in the day. Yeah. Um, but it it'll boil down to I think accuracy. Um, who and who will make the least amount of mistakes mm. because. There's going to be no cynicism. There's going to be no one dragging fellas to the ground, you know, to try and stop them holding. There are two traditional holding teams, and I think it'll be a case if there's two players there looking at each other, it'll be a case, right? You want to fight, we'll fight. You want to hull, we'll hull. And uh, I, I actually can't wait for it. I think it'll, I'm hoping, like last year's final was was probably one of the best yeah. in history. I think Sundays will top it and. Look, I could sit here and say, oh, Jesus, I think Kilkenny will win and this and that. But look, and and that's not even being parochial. Uh, um, I think Limerick just have the edge in them. Now, injuries and stuff, uh, Richie English, I think, has gone down with a cruciate. So mm. if we get an injury in our full back line, um, our cover is a bit thin on the ground. But uh, with John Kiley and Paul Canuck at the helm, it wouldn't surprise me if they brought Seamus Flanagan back on the back and was well able to play there. They just they're able to create um, positions for everyone. And I think that's it, I think it's their strength and depth that that should see them through and their experience. Mm. I suppose it's history either way. We've either got the uh, the Limerick four in a row or Kilkenny finishing a drought of, of sorts. So uh, listen, Joe, brilliant stuff. Enjoy the match. Lovely. Thanks, Will and Jen. OTB AM, the Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball.